What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Mint City Soccer Show. I'm one of your hosts, David Gussler, and I'm here virtually with the one and only Matt Swift. Matt, we saw the tweet earlier this week of you're not feeling great. We delayed the show because of it. But Matt, how are you feeling, sir? Are you feeling better? Uh, not feeling all that great. I found out that I have uh, bronchitis. Uh, mm. My wife's been sick. Uh, my son, Anson, uh, is, has been sick, too. So not a good week for the Swift household. <laughs> but uh, hopefully hopefully next week will be better. <laughs> well, it's fingers crossed that it, it is a better week next week for you. But obviously, ain't nobody got time for that with the bronchitis. <laughs> so, um, you know, best wishes to you and your family. Hopefully you guys are on the mend here pretty soon. Um, but we've got a, a lot to talk about. I know we kind of delayed the show because of it, but a lot of news, a lot of things have happened with Charlotte FC um, that we're going to dive into this week. Some moves, some roster moves, some recent results. And then we've got a ton of fan questions. So a lot of, a lot of people sent some questions and I'm excited to get to. So, But first, let's, let's get down to business, Matt. So um, most recently, Charlotte FC took on Chicago here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and unfortunately walked away in defeat 3-2. to two. And so, Matt, um, a lot of people have been saying it, and we've been saying it the past few weeks, that Charlotte's in a spot where they have to win. They have to get results, and they have to get points, especially when they're at home, uh, to one of the lowest-ranking teams in the East uh, division. But um, let's talk about Chicago. So how, how are you feeling after that game? Yeah, I mean, this one, this one really, really stings. Um, it's very reminiscent to the Miami match. Uh, that we lost, yeah. where we we score very early, uh, we have the lead, and then we end up end up losing. Um, I thought there were some bright moments in this game. I thought some players played well. Um, I believe Swiderski had had a hell of a match. To be honest, um, I also thought that Jalen Lindsay played well. I really would like our coach to have a clue as to who our primary right back will be uh, as I, I don't quite get the constant flipping back and forth. Uh, that's, that's one of my criticisms of Latanzio. Um, now, now we have another right, right back and uh, Nathan Byrne coming in. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. <clears throat> but uh, another br- a bright spot was Jordi Reyna again in this game, who I thought played uh, fantastic and had another you know some individual brilliance there and kudos to Latanzio for bringing Reina back into the mix so there's good and bad with with the coach uh and his uh, choices um but I, I I thought the entire midfield played poorly um I thought this was I thought this was one of Brant's like worst performances mm. um and, uh, you know, Quinn McNeil gets subbed at halftime, which is always an indicator that either the player is not performing very, you know, the player was performing very poorly or the coach didn't get the starting 11 right. Yeah. Um, you know, Derek Jones comes in. I don't think he played all that great either. Um, we just, we just got really just worked in the middle. Um, McKenzie Gaines, um, McKenzie Gaines is dangerous, but he's not deadly, if that makes sense. Like, when he has the ball at his feet and he's running down the wings and, like, pe- you know, people are, like, standing in their seats, right? Like, they get excited. He has all yep. the speed. But they inevitably moan and sit back down because 
that final ball is just still not there for him. Uh, he either chooses the wrong option or it's just it just never seems to come off. And if he can ever get that piece of his game worked out, I mean, he will be deadly. Um, right now, it's just just dangerous. But uh, on the night, just really, really disappointing. We have an injury, so that makes things worse. But um, David, what did you what did you think about the game? Well, I, I think we can all celebrate for a moment that Jordi Reyna is now the the record holder for MLS fastest two goals in the same season in MLS history. So has scored twice in the first 30 seconds, but I think we can all as fans agree that he is no longer allowed to score that early in matches after the past two games where it's happened. So um, obviously the result happened like that in Miami uh, where Miami came back and won the game. And then same thing happened with Chicago uh, this past week where go up super early, get excited. You can tell the stadium. It was actually the first home game that I've missed so far this season. And, you can tell on the on the broadcast that man, it really pumped the stadium up, and it got people excited. And I was like, oh man, like, you know, we haven't played in over a week because of the Columbus delay, and mm-hmm. got people excited, right? Um, but I think it, I'm glad to see Jordi Reyna kind of come to form lately, at yeah. least on that winger position, because I know you and me were kind of critical on him earlier in the season. Like, mm-hmm. I, I remember some early games where it seemed like he just seemed to refuse to come back and really play on the ball at all. Obviously, the technical ability was always there and showed flashes to it. But, man, like you talk about a player that's really come to come to light here recently. Jordi Reyna is definitely someone that's been impressive, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, Mackenzie Gaines, like, love him. And he was on the show here pretty recently and uh, friend of the show. But he, um, I mean, man, he's, he's got so much potential there. He's electric there uh, in that moment and has his speed creates chances uh-huh. and without him on the field, some of the things that we did wouldn't have ever had chances there. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just that, that final, final touch in the ball, some of those crosses, you know, but like, what do you do? I, I would love to pick your brain on that just for a second, because like, do you continue to get, cause I think he needs the minutes to improve, right? There's only so much you can do in training. There's only so much you can do in practice. You need, live play to be able to improve on some of these things in these situations, but you also can't just depend on it every single match and then not to get the result that you expect. Right. So like, what, what do you do if you're Latanzio with McKenzie Gaines? Because he's obviously liked him recently, right? He likes mm-hmm. his speed. He likes the chances that he creates or he wouldn't keep starting him. Right. Yeah. Um, so what do you, what do you do if you're Latanzio with, with McKenzie Gaines currently? Uh, that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, but like, look who's on the bench though. You have someone like, Andre, who's sitting there, uh, who was in pretty good form <clears throat> himself. So, you know, and, and we, we tried um, to put everybody out there when we had, you know, Yozgiak in the middle and you had Reyna and then Andre on, on the other side. So, and that really didn't work. So I, I, I don't know, honestly. Um, I, I really would like to see McKenzie finish some of these plays off and yes uh, he does need some more minutes to uh, to 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 get that experience and and try to work through this but at, at a certain point i mean we're over halfway through the season i mean like you you may have to try different options so i'm not really sure it's a really good question yeah i, I mean what a, what a tale of two halves of the season so far too because think about it first half of the season um, Miguel obviously wanted to play out of the wings a little bit and have mm-hmm. some four three three action, but we didn't have the wingers to do it. 
right? We had Mackenzie Gaines, and then Jordi Reyna was just showing flashes, right? And we didn't really have anybody else to play on the wing currently, right? Cool. And then now in the second half of the season, we've got Yozwiak, we've got Mackenzie Gaines, we've got Andre Shunashiki, we've got Jordi Reyna coming out. Like, we've got players now that could play the wing position, and it's almost like, okay, well, who do we play? Who do we bench? And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I definitely agree with you. I, I think Andre deserves to continue to get minutes, but he's obviously looked a lot better on that left side than he does on the right side. Mm-hmm. And then, so do you do you pull Reyna to put Andre back in? Like, it's a, yeah. it's a conundrum you have a little bit because yeah. you don't want to sit the hot hand. Yeah, I mean, because you would have to move Reyna over to the other <clears> side, and uh, we've all seen, like, and if I'm, a, if I'm a coach, I'm like, you see Jordi Reyna, please do not let him cut in on his right foot. <laughs> right. So, right. I mean, it's very simple. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't let him cut in on, on his right foot. So... If you did move Reyna over on, on the other side, he would have to cut in on, on, on his left and it probably not as not as dangerous. So yeah, it's a, it's a dilemma for sure. Yeah. So I mean I, I, that stood out to me in, in the game. One of the things that stood out to me as well, and and obviously I had a different viewpoint than you on the sidelines, sir, with your, your notepad <laughs> and your notes there taking copious notes, but um Shakiri, I believe, is how you say it. Is that right, Matt? Did I do well there with Chicago? Um, but it seemed like he was able to roam a lot mm-hmm. and it, it didn't seem like we had an answer in the midfield to kind yeah. of, kind of, kind of defense that. Right. Yeah. Um, obviously created a lot of chances from that perspective. And I do think it was probably one of our poorest games when it comes to midfield production. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said earlier, McNeil being subbed off pretty early, um, is an indicator that it wasn't working out for some reason. Um, Bender is... I don't know. It's hot and cold for Bender right now. I don't know if he's hitting that rookie wall, whatever it is. Um, it just doesn't have that magic currently right now in that in that midfield. And like you said, Brant, I mean, he's been solid for 95% of the season so far. I'm willing yeah. to give him a pass here and there. I know deep down, like, man, I'm sure he wished that it was his best game to go against his former club. Sure. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's that is one of the areas right now that I, I have the most concern because – the fact that we're depending on McNeil and Bender to get significant minutes is, I mean, it's a great thing from a potential perspective, but mm-hmm. God, it, 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 it is hurting us and it's not going to what, it's not what's going to get us to the playoff with that midfield currently. Um, so, I mean, obviously the team's made some moves to bring some players in. Is it too late for that perspective? You know, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that from that point of view. Um, but like looking ahead and obviously from your performance in Chicago, but looking ahead this weekend, like, I don't know how you can continue to start McNeil, Bender, and Bronico because it doesn't seem like it's working out. But then now looking at what you have else on the bench, Al Savar, Derek Jones, like is that is that going to be our best three that we're going to put out there? Like what 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 would you do? Yeah, I mean, Al Savar comes in and has an amazing chance in like the 89th minute. Definitely has a moment. On, yep. On a breakaway, he has options to the left, to the right, and he just. <clears throat> Takes a shot himself, which was a stupid decision. So, uh, yeah, our midfield is is where we where we're where we're gonna struggle um, for the rest of the season. Um, people are gonna crucify me for this, but Ben Bender and Quinn McNeil should not be starters. And that's not a knock on them. That should not be the expectation of these two players. They have far no. exceeded expectations. 
Um, now for experience wise, I mean, their, their growth is, you know, X 20 this year, because typically you wouldn't get this many minutes. Right. 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 So that's a, that's a positive, but I mean, it's look who we're about to go up against. You have players like (laughs) Kellen Acosta, Lucas Zellerian, Maxi Morales, Andre, uh, Alejandro Bedoya. Et cetera, et cetera. I mean, these are just some of the guys we're about to play against. And we have Ben Bender, Quinn McNeil, and Brant Bronico. Now, Brant's played amazing. I, you know, you won't you won't hear me say too much bad about Brant. But I mean, that's realistically, like, especially on paper, you're like, yeah, this this should not be a starting midfield. So I, I don't think it's realistic for Ben and McNeil to to start and play this many minutes. I mean, we've got to do something. We have some reinforcements coming in and uh, Nuno Santos, but I, I think we need more than just one person. So I'm a little concerned. Uh, we just really have not got the midfield correct. Um, we'll talk about Sergio in a second, but you know, Sergio was brought in to be a number a number six. Uh, the position where where Brant plays, a central defensive mid position. In MLS, Sergio's not a six. He's more he's more of an eight. Um, so they got they got that wrong. Um, and then we shipped out Alan Franco, TT, uh, because you know Alan Franco was okay. TT, I, I don't I'm not gonna say anything nice about him. Um, so the fact that we made a mistake of listening to the coach and getting him the players that he wanted was a mistake. Um, we just, we've just gotten the midfield wrong. Um, I will yep. say this though, uh, we're not afraid to tear the bandaid off um, yep. and not wait to make changes, which <clears throat> I really, I really appreciate. It's like, Hey, we got this wrong. Let's make changes now. Let's not wait. Let's go ahead and do this. But for the rest of the season, um, I'm concerned about the middle of the field. We're going to have to do something there to help. Um, and some of these players are going to have to step up. Al Savar is going to have to step up. Ben's going to have to ch- try to keep doing what he's doing and, and, and step up. I'm hoping Santos can come in and hit the ground running. It's going to be a couple games before he can come in. So there's definitely some concern there. Yeah, can you can you touch on Santos a little bit? Because I know... I know... A lot of fans may, like the casual listeners, may be wondering, hey, we just signed a pretty big deal player to come in, help, quote-unquote, solve some of our, our midfield woes. Um, so why, why can't he be on the field as of, like, this weekend against L.A.? Yeah, so um, he's got to go back and get his visa. That's going to be the uh, the thing with all three of our new signings. So, and that's typical. Uh, don't I don't want anybody to think, like, oh, did we mess up on, these, on the visas or anything like that. So, um He's in training. I think the plan was for them, for him and the other two signings to train for two, two and a half weeks. They'll go back at the visa, come back. They should be, I want to say Orlando or Toronto, they should be ready. Um, I hope. Uh, that's my, that's my thought anyway. I'll have to, I'll try to reach out and try to see if I can get like a, a definite, uh, you know, return. But, um, yeah, but you know, again, he's gonna Santos is gonna have to come in first game and be ready to go. 
that I think the only way right now that will gain some favor with some fans with the midfield is if he comes on and scores like two goals in his first game. I think yeah. that'll that'll. But yeah. like again, I I I think he is a long term play, and I think he is going to be. I don't want to compare us to what Austin did last year, but I mean he is definitely for long term. I mean, obviously help us push, hopefully to get the playoffs this season, but is also going to help carry us over the next year and hopefully be a key piece in that midfield yeah. for next year. Yeah. And and I want to say something about uh, McNeil. Like, he's going to have good games, so don't don't yep. don't get me wrong. And again, far exceeded expectations, but I, I he's not going to be consistent enough this year, right? I mean, he's he's going to be with us for a, a couple of years, and he's going to grow and, and mature, and uh, he's getting a lot of experience this year. But so like. I don't want people to think I'm I'm bagging on him or even Ben Bender. It's just like when you look at our midfield versus you look at other teams' midfield, then you could really see the difference, and that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So yeah, I I think if you would put take Brant out of the equation because again, I think he's played an amazing year so far. So I like no no discredit to Brant and at all. Yeah. But if you would put our midfield up minus Brant to any team in MLS right now, I would be hard pressed to find a team that would be like, yeah, that's an upgrade. To what we currently have, and that's that's the problem. Yeah. And 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 again, you know, we've we've shipped out a couple of midfielders, and we have someone like Alcivar that's not really living up to, I think, the hype and his potential. Uh, I, I mean, it's expectations, right? You're coming in as a young DP. I mean, you're going to have some expectations a little bit, right? Yeah, and so, I, and I'd say Yozwiak is another another player that really he's got to start stepping up, man. Like, I, I don't know what to say about, about him. Like you're, you're a DP. Uh, we talked about, you know, options on, on the wings a little bit ago and we didn't even bring his name up because he's just not done anything. Yep. So, um, so yeah. it's, a, it's not, it's not a great feeling. I mean, not every team makes their DPs the very, like the, not every team hits a home run on their DPs, especially in their first year. Oh right? yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I think, you know, I think Atlanta's done improved that a little bit in the past. Um, but I think at least one of the smart things, at least the club, like you said, is willing to admit mistakes and ship things off or the bandaid off. Yeah. Uh, I think what's going to help us with Yozbiak next year is that we can easily buy down his salary and he won't be a DP anymore. Um, so like that'll free up a DP spot for next year. Yep. And maybe I don't want to say lower the expectations, but, um, It'll help a little bit without us looking at a second DP with no goals. Yeah, um, and we can also buy down Alcivar's too. Um, yep. But but back to Yozwiak. I mean, it's I I think this might be good for him to sit on the bench for a little bit and say, "Hey, um, you're a DP, but if you're gonna play like trash, then you'll sit on the bench." So yeah. Um, and I had high expectations for him. And I want him to do really well. I was really excited when he when he signed, um, but and I was I was willing to give him some time to get acclimated and, and get going. But I mean, it's it's past time. I mean, you've got to start you got to start doing some stuff. Yeah, I mean, and he's still fairly young. I mean, he's only twenty four years old. Sure. So I mean, like, there's there's definitely time for him to kind of turn a new page, just like Alcivar, right? Alcivar is only like what 20, 21 years old. Definitely potential there to get the guys on the right ship and be able to kind of make an impact, hopefully heading at the end of this year into early next year as well. Yeah. Um, so you you mentioned earlier there's an injury, which I, a, a lot of folks, man, like me included, were, was hoping it would never happen. Um, 
especially with with I, I would probably say one of our you know players of the year almost. So yeah, uh, Guzman Crujo obviously has an injury. Team came out and shared it is a injury to his ACL. Um, so cue the artificial turf hate and um, comments online, but um, non-contact injury, which is never great. Um, and, and, you know, he's had a few knocks here and there lately with a knee, so I don't know if it had anything to do with that in the past, but um, went down pretty early in the game, and it is it is not a good time for that to happen, especially with some of the players coming in and leaving, with us just recently shipping out um, McCoon, which I'm sure he's sitting there like the Kermit the Frog meme right now, sipping the tea in New England, saying, well, I, wish you, I bet you guys wish you had me right now after that injury. But um, So what, is, what does Charlotte FC do now, especially since – um, we have some help coming in, um, but obviously it will be a few weeks out. What do you do if you're Christian Latanzio with that back line moving forward? Well, well, first off, I don't I don't care what McCoon says. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> I, uh, I I I'm glad that he is gone. We got some good money for him, but you're right. This injury uh, is not coming at a good time. Uh, Carujo has played the most minutes on the team. He has been absolutely amazing this season i i hope he can recover quickly uh wish him nothing but the best um really really sad to see him get injured like that um we have some options at center back um you know we got walks we have fuchs uh we have jan sobosinski um, and then we have the new signing, uh, Adelson uh, Melanda. So uh, he's a he's a 20 year old defender, uh, tall. So um, I know people are kind of questioning why we signed a defender or a center back, uh, uh, but uh, I guess it was it was uh, good timing. Uh, I know when you when you're getting rid of a center back, you you probably want to replace them anyway. So uh, we do have some options. Uh, but never good to lose a player that has what I think literally played every single minute, um, yeah. and to lose that leadership and everything too back there is that that hurts. Yeah, he's um, I think he's it's between him and Brant going back and forth with most minutes within the club so far, and it's obviously a huge impact from that point of view. He's obviously the captain whenever. Uh, Fuchs does not start the game or is not on the field recently, mm-hmm. so obviously the the team views him as a leader. Um, yeah, I'm a little concerned. Like, obviously, we have the new player coming in, um, but it's going to take a little bit of time. So it's going to be about, two, like you said, two, three weeks possibly before they even get a chance to get the visa and be here. Um, so, you know, I, I think you're going to see Christian Fuchs and Walks kind of be the center backs over the next few games, which yeah, um, I like I like Walks. He's been he's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I, would, I would probably say this last game wasn't great, but um, and Fuchs, um, Fuchs has been kind of – off and on a little bit lately um and yeah. it, what concerns me a little bit is that with with Kurujo, at least he had a little bit more pace back there on that center line and with walks and fuchs I, I think that's probably our slowest center back pairing right now and that's what worries me a little bit and then with fuchs pinching in our left back depth is pretty much gone now so now you're depending on J- uh, mora to basically start every minute moving forward unless yeah. you want Awful or Jalen to sub in there as a left back because um, I, I don't know who else you would put back there. Yeah, I mean that's that's the real problem, right? Um, with Adam Armour 
out, uh, of course, for the whole season. There's there's no depth at all. Um, I know we went in for a, a right back during the transfer window. Uh, I would have liked to have gotten a left back, but um, it is what it is. So, so yeah, it's a it's it's a problem. I, I'm sure if push comes to shove, you know, you know maybe. Nathan Byrne can play on on the left, uh, and then you would have Awful or uh, Lindsay on the right. So um, sometimes you have to do what you got to do. But yes, yeah, not <laughs> ideal. Yeah, yeah. So that, that that's my biggest concern right now, especially as we if we as we're desperately trying to get into the playoffs here in this playoff push. Um, it's it's not a good time to have questions at your midfield, and then now questions with injuries on in your back line which was really solid for the first half, three quarters of the season. But then the past few weeks, it just seems like it's kind of fallen apart back there a little bit. So some concerns for sure. I think Chicago exploited that and obviously showed, um, you know, some some reasons for worry a little bit as we head into the next few weeks. Yeah, and, and I would say not all, the, all these goals that we're conceding are, are solely on the defense. I think a lot of this comes from like the, the the midfield issues too. Yeah, which I mean we 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 talked about right. Chicago had the ability to have a roamer there in the midfield, and it, it tore us apart. Put a lot of pressure on Brant, McNeil, and Bender aren't known for dropping back and defending. So it's just yeah. It, so it's, yeah, I'm I'm glad you said that because I was watching during this match. So like. You have Ben and McNeil. They would they would be pushed up. Brant is staying back, and there's this huge gap between Bender and McNeil and Brant, and that whole area just gets uh, exploited. Um, so, whoever that those three in the middle, they have to really talk to each other and make sure that they're not getting stretched out too much. And there was a lot of that going on against Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely exploited it. Obviously, they had almost all the time in the world there in the center um, of the field, and obviously it took advantage of Brant kind of sitting back as, a, as that holding mid. Um, but, yeah, I, I think whoever's that box-to-box midfield that we have going into next week is going to have their work cut out to them. If, if that's Derek Jones, if that's Alcivar, whoever it is, I mean, it's it's going to be hard. I mean, you, you I'm just putting a hypothetical here, but you don't think that they would put Jones where, where Brant is and make Brant play that box-to-box just to try to get some more athleticism there in the middle or in speed or what? I don't think so. Um, yeah, I think they, I think Latanzio unfortunately sticks with what we, what we have. Um, he might try to put in Derek Jones for McNeil against LA. Um, and you know we could talk about LA in a little bit if you if you'd like, but I mean, for that game, I mean we need to keep everything in front of us, and you cannot give up big plays, and you have to man mark people. You cannot yep. give LA and their big name players time on the ball to make plays. I mean we saw in the uh, MLS All Star game yep. uh, what 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 can happen. Um, so we've got to put pressure on the ball. So he may choose to have a little more bite in the midfield. Uh, but honestly, I, I honestly don't know the, the midfield is so out of whack. Um, 
that he might want to start elsewhere. Who knows? I don't know. So speaking of midfield, it's been a sad week in the Swift household. So as we as we yeah. found out earlier in the week, um, our one and only number six, Sergio Ruiz. I think I think we jinxed a little bit there, Swift. We had him on the show. <laughs> he was excited to get back on the field, and then what happens? Yeah. He get he has a transfer, right? So like let's let's talk about Sergio's departure, our very first signing in club history. Feels like forever ago. Yeah. It, it kind of was. It's almost been two and a half years. Yeah. Um, but um let's talk about Sergio leaving. So what what's your thoughts? Why did the club do that? And um why do you think it may may or may not have been a good move for Sergio as well? Yeah, I mean, this one stings on like a personal level just because, you know, and I said in interview with him is you know i was pretty much keeping up with him uh, on a weekly basis while he was uh at las palmas um yeah i mean you know you get attached to players and un- unfortunately yep. they they leave uh, this happens all the time uh i understand that he may have been a little homesick um you know he has a a wife and a, a little baby and with this move he gets to go back to spain uh, from my understanding, when he first got here, Miguel was not very supportive and helpful. I think that didn't help things at all. Um, and just, you know, wasn't getting playing time. Um, and, and again, I think it was, hey, we brought you in for this role. Uh, Brant has pretty much solidified that. You're more of a number eight anyway. It just didn't seem to unfortunately fit um and we're probably gonna make a profit from from selling him on and there was there was there were awful uh there were uh offers for him pretty pretty early even before he he came here uh we were all yeah. scared that he wasn't even gonna gonna make, make it, it sh- here yeah just like yeah. uh riley just so, like riley yep yeah. yep so um there's, there was a lot of interest there, and I think if you're going to do it again, um, you want to do it now while you can maximize the money, and unfortunately, that's the business side that nobody likes to talk about, but um, just on a personal level, it, it sucks, uh, and again, it kind of goes back to this, like, how how bad did we get this whole midfield thing wrong? Um, I'm pretty happy with the defense, goalkeeper, I'm ecstatic about. Uh, front line, Swiderski, our wingers, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty good with. But our 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 midfield, we <laughs> we definitely got wrong, and uh, I'm glad that we're fixing it now. But Sergio leaving just just kind of stinks, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely understand it from a personal level. Um, why? I mean, you get attached to players, just like Brant. Like Brant's probably one of my favorite players. He's the yeah. the first person I got on my jersey, just like you got Sergio on your jersey, right? Um, so, I mean, you know, things happen. Players come and go. Um, definitely have a fan in, for life with Sergio. I definitely wish him the best um, and all the success. Uh, I'm glad that he's closer to home, friends and family. I'm sure, yep. you know, I, I think you can't underestimate that enough of just having somebody come into a country where English is not their um, primary language, having a baby here away from your immediate family, away from your friends. Um, and, like, yeah, we look at sports and soccer as a – as a escape and something to do for fun, but this is their job. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, if he, if he, if this was the move to make him happier and be more, like more closer to home and more 
balance with life, like by all means do it. Like, I think that's the right thing to do for the player. Um, and it's also, like you said, it was the right time to do it from a, from a business perspective. Cause if you can make a little bit of profit off of it for a player that basically didn't really play that much for yeah, us, that's right. um, it, it, it's a smart business move. If you can, if you can either break even or make money off of a player that obviously did not have favor with the original coach and did not have minutes mm-hmm. and then showed some flashes here and there recently. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta do it right. I mean, it, it's, you gotta rip the bandaid off and, um, again, credit to the team, at least for admitting that, Hey, this isn't working out and we've got to move on. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they plan to do with the midfield in the future for sure. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that really stinks about this is that, you know, we're, we're trying to push for a playoff spot. Yep. Uh, bringing in Santos is a, a positive step forward, but it all, it, all of this kind of makes me wonder, like, are they looking at everything, looking at the schedule ahead and be like, okay, it's not looking good <laughs> that we're going to make it. So let's set up for, for next season. And, you know, hindsight's going to be 2020, but you know, this could, this all could be good stuff for next season. Uh, but we'll see how the rest of this season goes. Well, and look, look at you, sir. Look, I think we're starting to get a hold of this podcast thing with these transitions a little bit, but you talked about playoffs, looking at the schedule ahead. Um, what do you think Charlotte needs to do now? Because I, I know you posted something in Slack. Yeah. I posted something in Slack. And I think we both had different points of view on it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and you went on the record earlier on Top Ben's website about wh- where you thought we would finish as well at the end of the season. So um, looking ahead, it's a tough stretch. So like, what, yeah. what does Charlotte need to do? Like, Help explain to the fans what Charlotte needs to accomplish over the next few weeks to be able to have a chance to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, so I, I what I what I posted, I was I was trying to be optimistic because that's just how I am and how I want to be. Um, I I try to look at things like I'm going to be hopeful. Um, is this going to be hard? Absolutely. Um, is it far fetched? Probably. But uh, we have. 24 matches or we've we've had 24 matches right so we're on 29 points uh we'll probably need around like 48 to 50 points to make the playoffs somewhere around there um so we need anywhere between 18 to 20 more points from the remaining 10 games our remaining 10 games are super tough i think we actually have the hardest schedule going forward yeah, I think I think we we have we're going against the teams with the most points looking yeah. at the end of the table most. Yeah. So I mean you look at this weekend, we're playing LAFC, we're playing a you know, away, uh, and then we go play away at NYCFC. Uh and the thing is, is we haven't really won away. We've won one game um on the road. And now is the time we're gonna have to put up or shut up. Now's the time we're going to have to really grind it out and start getting points on the road. And unfortunately, can't be a lot of draws. We're going to have to start winning on the road. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be tough. So I have, I have us losing at, uh, at, at LA. Um, 
I think probably most will agree with that. Um, I am hopeful that we can get a draw when we play NYCFC. Uh, then we have two home games back-to-back. We play Orlando and we play Toronto. I think we can beat Orlando. Uh, Toronto is going to be tough because they have the the, the new uh, players it's in. It's a new and improved Toronto. Yeah. yeah. So I'm saying we beat Orlando and I think we can draw Toronto. Um, so up until that point, that's five That's five points that we need um, out of the, what I say, 18 to 20. Um then we play away at Cincinnati. I'm going up uh, up to that game with Chico, uh, driving seven hours, <laughs> going to the game and driving back. So I'm saying we're winning that game because I'm going to be super can, pissed if we lose that game. Can we clarify that? That you are you are not driving up seven hours and seven hours back. Oh, you yeah. are a passenger am, with Chico for am, 14 hours. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Chico is driving for seven hours and then seven yeah. hours back. Uh, but I, yeah. I do think... Um, I think we can we can win if uh, out of out of these road games. I think that's one that we can we can win. Um, and then after that, we're back home. We play NYCFC. I'm thinking. I mean, we got to win that game. Um, so I have us winning that. Then we're back away at Chicago. I'm having us draw there. Then we play Philadelphia at home. I'm saying that we'll lose that game, and then we play the makeup game against Columbus, which that's going to be a must-win, of course. Uh, so up until that point, that gives us 16 points, and again, I'm saying we need 18 to 20, and then we play Red Bulls away. So pretty much a must-win as well, too. Now, I mean, we could beat Philadelphia at home. I, I don't know. Uh, and we could pick up a point this weekend. Who Who knows? The East is so crazy right now, too, by the way. Um, I know we have a, a tough schedule, but all the teams around us, too, have to play each other. I was looking at Cincinnati's schedule um, coming up, and theirs is not looking too pretty either. So who the hell knows, man? Um, the East is just uh, super tight. Anything can happen. I'm going to be hopeful. Um, do I think we make the playoffs? I'm going to say, yeah. But it's going to be super tough. And if we don't make the playoffs, I'm not going to be, you know, super upset. But I'm just going to try to have fun and enjoy it and cheer for my team. And uh, hopefully we'll get through. Yeah. And I mean, like from my perspective, and I know I shared it in Slack earlier on the week too, but like looking at last year's MLS table, the lowest seeded team got 48 points, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's where you're looking. I think that's a, a good barometer to be like, okay, what what got into the playoffs last year? Um, and with Charlotte being at 29 points, it's like, okay, we got we got to get 19 points essentially, right? You, I'm a little bit more pessimistic right now, just because of I guess the Chicago game. But like, I, I was just looking at this, and and you were just saying, right, how crazy the East is. Mm-hmm. Chicago beat us last in the last game, and because of that, they are now seventh with 30 points and in the playoffs at the season right now, if we had beat Chicago, yeah, I wonder how much the tone and the tune would have be differently for fans right now. Because if we had beat Chicago, we would have been at 32 points Ooh. tied with Cincinnati at six right. with one point away from being tied with Columbus at fifth mm-hmm. and really only being five points away from fourth with New York Red Bulls. Yeah. And so like it's, yeah. it's this table in the East is literally from fifth down the 13th 
it's essentially what five to seven point difference between the two and really a one to two point difference from seventh to 12th. And that's, that's the crazy thing about this East right now. And that's why these games are so important. I, I really do worry that while Charlotte's performed really well historically at home so far this season, like I, I don't see us beating Philadelphia at home. They just played, they played really well this season. We did not play them well last time we played, but we, we either have to win every single game at home, which it's really hard to do for the remainder of the season, especially with teams like Columbus, Philly, New York FC, uh, Toronto, and Orlando, right? That's really hard for us to do. Um, So if you lose one of these games at home, you have to get one on the road. And looking like you were saying, like, it would be great. How how amazing would it be if it's midnight on the East Coast on Saturday and we're celebrating a win against LAFC, the number one team in MLS right now? Yeah. Um, Because then everyone will be, like, pumped. Oh, my God, we just beat... LAFC with Quinn McNeil and Ben Bender at midfield, right? So, like, it, it would be great. But, like, I'll be happy if we can get a draw against LA. Well, I mean, so so here here's the crazy thing about MLS in general. So, if you look at Philadelphia, they they whooped up on uh, Dynamo. They beat them 6 to nothing. Th- the very next game, they lose to Cincinnati 3-1. to one. So, I mean, you just never, you never really know week to week, like, what's going to happen, like, no, Philadelphia has been amazing, but you just never know. Uh, and yeah. and what's and what's even crazy about MLS and for those casual fans or newer fans of soccer, I think this is the hard pill to swallow. Is that what's the difference with ML like for Charlotte FC and a team like Columbus and Cincinnati? Isn't the games they win? It's the games they didn't lose. It's the draws. Well, yeah. So if you're if, yeah. like if you if you look at Charlotte. We are the lowest team in terms of draws in the East. Mm-hmm. We've only we've only drawn twice, right? But because of that, we've lost thirteen games, which is tied for the most in the East, right? But the difference between us and Cincinnati, Cincinnati's eight, eight, and eight. We're nine, two, and thirteen. Yep. So if we if if we could just turn two or three of those games in the draws, like Chicago, Miami, Seattle, all these earlier games in the season, that's going to kind of come back and bite us in the ass, probably. Yeah. we would be probably in the playoffs or having a much better pill to swallow over the next few weeks. I mean, if you just take the Chicago game and the Miami game. <laughs> We'd be so much better right now if we can get yeah. six points out of those two games. Yeah, I mean, it, this would be a whole different story. But I, I think, though, the anxiety comes from, again, like, okay, yeah, position, position, whatever, we're in 10th, we're in 6th, whatever, it doesn't matter. We've got all these games left, and everybody else has bolstered their roster uh, and brought in Correct. all these amazing players. You know, we brought in three players. Um, and we won't see them for a few weeks. Won't see them for a few weeks, which is, that's that's normal. But, like... How good is Santos going to be? Is he going to be a difference maker? Is he going to bring the midfield up to another level? And we've talked about that before. Ben Bender, Quinn McNeil have been great. I'm so excited for their progress. But we need to go up one more level in the midfield. Uh, Can Santos make that happen? Um, It's a big ask for a player coming in three quarters of the season in. Hey, we'll see, man. Um, crazier things have happened. So um, it's true. And you know, we're gonna have another uh, right back option. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
Well, on that note, Swift, we're going to take a quick break as we get ready to answer the fan questions. And so we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, everyone. It is time for... Actually, I really enjoy this segment, Matt. I love getting these questions in. We've got a lot to answer tonight. Yeah. Um, so we're going to answer some fan questions. So, Matt, just for fans and followers who listen to the show in the future when we do these questions, where can they submit questions for us to answer in the future? Yeah, so I always ask for questions in Slack and then Twitter, of course, and then we got a lot of questions this time through Instagram, so I'm going to have to start doing that a little more too. So... Awesome. Well, let's get ready, Matt. I'm going to put you on the hot seat, crossfire here a little bit with some of these questions. So let's dive right in. So this first question um, is from Joe, and Joe wants to know, with Crujo out and our playoff chances getting harder, which we just kind of talked about in the last segment, right? Um, Do you think we see Jan getting some more minutes now moving forward, and what's the plan? Yeah, possibly. Um I'd like to actually see him get some minutes. I mean, I feel really bad for for the guy, like not get, really getting a chance. Um, we talked about some depth issues. Uh, we talked about like if you know more having to start every single game. If we move Fuchs out on the left, uh, who would take his place? So so Basinski could be that person. I know we just we got a new signing that just came in. So. I don't know. Uh, I do think at some point he, he'll get some minutes. Yeah, I, I think it depends on our matchup. And if we decide to, if we want to have Fuchs on the left or give more a break, um, that's when you'll see Jan kind of get some minutes there early on. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you feel bad for him, but like if you look at the player salaries, I mean, he's he's, he's making a decent penny um, for a player that came from a different division, a different league across the country there a little bit compared to some of his peers. But um, hopefully he gets some minutes and shows why he's getting paid what he is for for the potential there. So, um, so thanks, Joe. So this next one's friends of the show, um, MLS midseason breakdown connoisseur Russell Varner. Um, so he's got two questions here. So the first question, Matt, um, in your opinion, is the season a failure if the team does not make the playoffs? Mm. Well, the the team put out a. Uh, <laughs> They, they said that uh, not only we're going to make the playoffs, we're going to host a playoff game. Right. Uh, right. It's very, very ambitious. Uh, I, I appreciate trying to be ambitious. I, I don't think it was wise. I think they should have just gone with uh, make the playoffs. Is it a failure? Hmm. I think, I think so because we're doing, we're not doing all of that that poorly right and we're very close to making the playoffs uh i think it's a failure because we got the coach wrong and the midfield wrong um if we got the midfield right or didn't allow certain players to come in and went got the players that we wanted maybe so yeah i would i would just short answer yes i think it's a failure if we don't make the playoffs so I'm actually shocked that you said that, Matt, because I was going to say something a little bit different. I thought we were going to agree here, but I don't. I, I would say failure is probably too too harsh of a term. I don't know if you, if it's failure. I would be like, you know, the parents when, you're, when they're like, you know what, Matt, 
I'm not angry or mad at you. I'm just disappointed. Sure. So I think that's where I would say is like, I would just be, you know what, Charles FC, I'm not mad. It's not a failure. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> uh, so, um, I mean, selfishly as a fan, like, I mean, I bought into the hype. I, I was expecting uh, to be in the playoffs, a home playoff game. Mm, no, I didn't really care about that, personally speaking. But yeah. um, I, I did expect, and I do still expect playoffs. Um, but it's been a it's been a fun season so far. It's been a season of a roller coaster ride, highs and lows. Um, I would say I would be highly disappointed if we don't make the playoffs. But I am excited of what's to come because um, I, I do think we have some really good stuff in the works with the, with the team and the players so far. Yeah. So. So question number two from Russell is, would you rather see the team continue to push to make the playoffs, so go all in, or would you want them to continue to build for the future for the next few weeks? So AKA playing younger players, such as like Jan, for example, um, bring us some guys up maybe from the independents from USL, get them some minutes. So what do you do if you're Christian Latanzu? Do you play for the future or do you play for the moment now? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, I I I think you you make you make the playoff push. Uh, we'll know in probably four or five games from now where we sit on things. Um, I would say probably after that away match against Cincinnati, uh, we'll have a really good idea if we're in or out. Um, and then after that, if if we're we're, we're not in it, then yeah, you could start playing some some young guys, um, get them some minutes. But I, I think you you make a make a playoff push. Why not? Yeah, definitely agree with you. I think over the next four to five weeks or four to five games at least, um, you've got to make the push. You, you got to. You're only only three points away from being in the playoffs. Yeah. You, you've got to do something. So um, too early to give up. Too early to play for the future. I think you're going to have your hand forced a little bit. That you are going to have to have some of these younger guys get some minutes mm-hmm. and contribute. Um, but um, maybe five games from now, I'll have a different different tune and say, hey, let's, let's get the younger guys some minutes. So yeah. um, so thanks, Russell. Uh, thanks for all that you do. And thanks for adopting Dodger. So if you're need to, if you looking for a puppy, make sure you reach out to Russell and, and get some info on Dodger. I, I will continue to plug that until that dog finds its forever home. <laughs> so, um, so this next question is a little bit MCC specific, uh, Swift. So I, I can definitely chime in here too a little bit. But at least from your perspective, uh, Matt, so this question from, is from Max. Um, where do you see Mint City Collective's growth-wise in the next two to three years? So looking in the future, when you or me are long gone from doing any officer roles for Mint City Collective, we are sipping our tea in the stands and just watching it. Where do you see the growth from Mint City Collective? <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a good question. We don't really get like in, uh, Mint City Collective-specific questions, so this is cool. Um, where do I see the growth? So right now we're... Uh, help me, David. We're right at 2,000 members, right? Something? Yep, that's correct. Um, so, yeah, I would love to continue to to grow, uh, have some more officers doing different things. Would love to see some more, more and bigger charitable uh, endeavors. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think in the next two or three years, I would love to just see us grow and do bigger and, and better things. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll share, I think we're at, like you said, around 2000 members. I, I don't see us getting much more than that. If, if we get to three or 4,000 members, um, something's happened to the other supporter groups. So, you know, hopefully nothing like that's happened at that point. 
Um, I do think our chapter growth will slow down just a tiny bit. We have a lot of chapters. We have a lot of reach out within the communities right now in the Carolinas. Um, I could be totally wrong on that. Um, I think we've got a great situation now. We've got some really solid chapters and some great outreach when it comes to representation throughout the Carolinas. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think we'll grow exponentially over the next two or three years. I think we will see some growth, but nothing like it was this first season. Um, I do think that you will see some consolidation a little bit with some of the supporter groups. And I, and I don't mean that in a bad way or anything like that, but, mm-hmm. um, I think over the next few years, I mean, I mean, we're talking three years on the road, Matt, I'll be 37 at that point. Matt will still be 25. <laughs> and I mean, we're, we're looking at this. I mean, the people who are here doing these supporter groups now and in leadership roles, um, are probably not going to be doing leadership roles. I mean, I, I know I definitely will not be, um, and so I, I think, like right now, at least within Charlotte FC and its communities, I mean, you've got what six, seven official supporter groups. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. If you look at across MLS and look at all the different teams, I don't think a lot of teams have that many supporter groups that are quote unquote officially recognized or part of that process. So mm-hmm. I do think you have some groups that are going to naturally work together really, really well, and eventually probably merge or come into some agreement to collaborate to some extent. Um, so I, that's why I see like MCC maybe stepping in or a few other groups stepping in to kind of, you know, do that work. So that's just my personal opinion. I have no facts or science behind this. That is just where I, I see this in my personal opinion. So if I'm dead wrong, you can pull this clip up three years from now and say, look, David, you're wrong. So, um, but yeah, I, I do think we maintain though, and I, I, I'm excited to see what's to come and future officers, what, what they can take and continue to build off what we help start and do even bigger and better things. Cause uh, the, the potential is there for sure. Um, so his second question is again, MCC specific, but how excited are you? How about how your one's gone? Oh, I think it's been, I think it's been great. Um, when Mint City first started, we, we had people that, you know, helped start the Roaring Riot on the Panther side. And we had folks that were, had, had done similar work at other uh, support groups in other cities. Um, so it was a really good foundation to start off with. Um, they brought a lot of, of experience. And then we have a lot of uh, officers that uh, volunteer a lot of time for this. Um, I think the tailgates have been fantastic. Uh, I think the away trips have been fun. Um, the The officers that we have really care a lot about everybody's experience and, and wanting them to have fun. I mean, we're not, not perfect, but I think this first year has been pretty damn amazing. I, I think just from the, the, the TIFOs from the, the chants and the dancing and just, you know, from, I, I sit in section 343. It's like in the middle of the field. And it's like all around me are like non supporter group fans. Right. But they're, they always say great things about like mint city and the other support groups. And like, they really enjoy the atmosphere. And that's kind of how I base things is, you know, how's it, how's it being perceived how are they liking it? Um, and so I just, I think it's been a really good experience. It's been a really good learning experience. I think more and more people are getting involved. 
Uh, I really like what we have done this year with, you know, again, like the donation drives and like all the things that we're doing uh, in the community. And again, I hope we could do more, more of that in uh, next year and the years to come. But yeah, I've been very pleased with, with everything. Yeah. I did everything you said. It's been amazing. Never in a million years would I think that I'd have been involved in something like this or even been a part of it. Um, and it's been great. I mean, there's people, I mean, that I never knew two years ago yeah. and now I call my friends. Right. And so it's been amazing to build this community, be a part of it, see the collaboration between everyone, between this, um, the officers, the board members from Mint City Collective, like work their ass off. It's amazing to see, mm-hmm. especially for people who do it for free and just do it for the fun of it. Um, but like, it's really cool to see like at the tailgates, at the events, just the camaraderie between folks yeah. um, and just the relationship people are building. It's, it's something that's really special and, and it's going to continue to build for the years to come. Yeah. I, I want to say this too. I think one of the reasons why things have gone so smoothly uh, and this is not a Mint City collective thing. This is a support group wide thing. It's like the groups have worked really well together. Uh, even when we don't agree on things, we can work through them. Hundred percent. And that's what's going to be most important uh, this year, next year, year after that is the groups working together. Even when you have an issue, even when something's not going well, like working together, talking that through and respecting each other and all the other groups too. I think that's a, that's a big part of it. I mean, this, this shouldn't be, oh, we're the biggest group. So we we're the best. That's, that's not a thing. Uh, we're the loudest. So we're the best. Like there's no, there should be no best. It should just be do your thing. We all have a common goal and just respect one another. Um, I think, like I said, that's going to be, the most important thing for the for the growth and I think so far that's why the game day experience has been what it is because we have been able to work together yeah yep for sure I think that's gonna be key for the future success of the club and the future success of the supporters so um so this next question comes from Matt Chantry I think you may know this guy I think he does some stuff with MCC something about being a Fulham fan I don't know something about that um he wants to know Matt how can the match day experience improve next season, not including what could be on the pitch? Ooh. So just think about from a stadium atmosphere, supporters, march, tailgate, whatever. How can the match day experience improve in your eyes? Uh, feedback. Um, people giving feedback. Um, and then working with uh, our, our chief fan officer, Sean. Um, we're definitely going to, and we should, uh, have a debrief at the at the end of the year and say, okay, what's the the good, bad, and the ugly? Uh, stick with the good, um, and let's work on what was bad and uh, how do we get away from that and, and do something different. I, I think uh, having people in your group saying, hey, I'd really like to try this. Hey, I don't like this. Um, you know, and I've seen things on. Uh, the Facebook groups. I'm an admin uh, of of one of the groups, and I've I've seen some feedback there. So, um, you know, I take it back to Mint City, or I talk to Sean and say, "Hey, this is what I'm seeing," and it's it's all about fan feedback. And you don't have to be part of a support group to uh, try to improve 
the match day experience. It's, uh, you know, as support groups, we should be listening to our group members, but also just fans in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my thought, how can we, the match day experience improve in 2023, I think continued people learning the chants, the drums, getting used to that experience heading into a whole new year. Again, I think people don't realize that we've literally been building the plane as we're flying it this year. Yeah. Um, so like, I think that's going to be a better experience as we continue to build off that. Um, from a fan experience within the stadium, I mean, this is just me being selfish and, you know, I've already given this feedback to Sean and the team. Um, so, like, man, like concessions, like, I'm going to be that guy. Just make concessions cheaper. Like, it, it is what it is. You don't need to charge 12, 15 bucks for Mick Ultra. Like, make it, make it, make it happen. Don't use a third party as a crutch or a contract as a crutch. Yeah. Follow the Atlanta model. They own and do their own food and beverage, and that's how they get it cheap. Yep. So, um, I think it's possible and it should be doable, right? Yep. Um, I agree. So that, I, I, I think that's one of the things that we can do. Um, I want to see more matches with that half of the upper deck opened next Ooh. season. Um, I think there's something there to it. There's a reason why they've continued to, to tease it and try it. Um, but I think that I want to see that more next season. Um, I also want them to realistically look at ticket prices next season as well. Um, and not to open that whole can of worms. I'm not talking PSLs. I'm talking single day ticket prices. Yeah. Um, so you can adjust that without adjusting PSLs next year. Keep the PSL the same if you really want to do what you need to do. Um, but there's no reason why a midweek game against DC United uh, corner seat is going to cost 150 bucks. It's not worth it. It, it should not cost that much um, within that space. So yeah. Um, but they're kind of stuck with it the remainder of the season because people have already paid and are three quarters of the way. So um, looking at the next year, they should continue to evaluate that. So, um, but yeah, Matt, uh, we can, we can connect as you come back from England and discuss further when you're back. So um, good question. So yeah. When does, when does, when does Matt come back? I don't know. I don't think he ever comes back. I think he's visiting the queen tomorrow or something. So I'm not sure. Like, so is, well. he, is he getting knighted? I think so. I think, I think he's being knighted as Fulham's greatest fan. And so they, uh, they need to recognize that as as an American. So, uh, <laughs> so, um, so thanks, Matt, for the question. So, hopefully, you're listening to this on your like twenty hour plane ride back or some something like that. So, um, so this next question, Matt, is from Alex, and his question is: Do you do you all feel confident in this squad's ability to pick up enough road wins? or draws and take care of business at home to sneak into the playoffs, which I think we talked about last segment, but I'll let you recap again real quick um, and give a, a brief overview again. Uh, will it be tough? Yes, but you got to believe, right? Like that's, it's part of being a fan. Like you, and I'm not going to be one of those pessimistic, pessimistic people, man. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be hopeful and optimistic and, and realize that, yeah, it's going to be super tough, but, uh, am I confident? Yeah, why not? Like, let's let's go for it. Let's see what happens. Uh, it's now or never. We're gonna see what yep. the team's made of. Yeah, I I definitely feel confident in the team's ability to do it. I, I for sure think that they can be a lower seed playoff team, but yeah. um, it's gonna be tough. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So, so thanks, Alex, for the question. Uh, so uh, this next question comes from Michael. 
Um, so as we wait for a word on Corujo's injury, which we shared earlier in the show, it is in fact a ACL injury. Um, what would the team's options be if he's out for an extended period of time, which he will be? Um, what are they going to do about filling a spot now? And, and is it too late to do anything now that the transfer window is closed? Well, uh, we, we, we made a move um, and got a center back in. Uh, and we kind of talked through this earlier. So we have options there. Um, yeah, I don't really can't think of really anything else. Like, um, yeah, it is what it is at this point. But um, yeah, I, I think it is. It, it is what it is. I think we're going to roll with what we got now. I think if you're looking for like rules and opportunities, I think, yeah, there is always a chance that Charlotte could do something right. If a player is on a free transfer, they're not on a team. Could they join for sure? Mm-hmm. Um I think MLS does allow some interleague trading, um, even without the window being open from time to time. I think that's also how we got Derek Jones earlier in the season, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, so I think there is possibilities to make some moves, but I don't think we will. I think it's what we have now is what we're going to do for the rest of the season. Yep. So awesome. So this next question is from Hunter. So what? Uh, where do you think Latanzio's job stands at this point in the season? And when do you expect we get more info on that moving forward for the future? So that's the first part of the question. So I really want to dive into that for a second. So, like, where do you rank Latanzio's performance so far? And do you think the team's going to make any official moves current state right now with his job? Uh, his overall performance is kind of like riding a roller coaster. Lots of lots of ups and downs. Um. I think what will happen is we'll definitely stick with him the rest of the season. Uh, I don't see the team making any drastic moves on that unless a manager is available right now and they're kind of like on the fence about it. Uh, ben Olsen was doing commentary. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so, I was waiting for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, people would lose it if Ben Olsen. Was um, uh, yes, they would. Um, <laughs> I just personally, li- I've always liked Ben Olsen. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I don't see them making any moves until the end of the season. Um, I, again, I think after the next five matches, we'll probably know if Latanzio is going to have a job or not at the end of the season. Yeah, I think it's just like players, though. I think if he all of a sudden goes on this win streak and gets us into the playoffs, yep. I, th- I think you keep him. I think if they flounder and regress over the next few weeks, I think that seals his fate, unfortunately. And so, yep. like it or not, I don't think it's been 100% fair from his point of view because it's not like this guy's been able to get a ton of players in. That would be his guys or his, his system, per se. Um, obviously, this last window was an opportunity, and we'll see if the guys they brought in is – the ones that they want to help him be successful. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I do think it it's make or break for him over the next four or five weeks as being the permanent coach for Charlotte FC next season. Mm. Yeah. Good question, Hunter. So I appreciate it. So um, this next question comes from Lawrence. So will players want to come here with bigger names moving on? So I'm assuming that they mean players like Franco, TT, mm. um, you know, Sergio Ruiz leaving – all people that were big, quote-unquote, splash names when we first signed earlier in the season. So with them leaving, leaving, I mean, some of them not leaving on great terms or great performance, do you think that will deter some players from coming to Charlotte FC next window? 
That's a really, really good question. I don't think that it will. Uh, again, if depending on how the rest of the season goes, too, um, if we could get into the playoffs, that definitely is going to help. But I mean, we have some really great players on the on the roster still. We have a Kalina, we have a Swiderski, even though he's injured. We have uh, Corujo. Um, so I don't I don't really see it being being an issue really. Yeah, I I think um, I agree with you. I don't think it'd be an issue per se from a player's perspective, especially because it's not like TT is out there now on a team lighting it up. It's not like Franco's out there just blowing up on his new team, right? Like they're like Franco's at least on a team. TT, I haven't heard a word of since, right? Um, Sergio, obviously, we know is for the the right reasons. I think what would be more of a deterrent is not so much the players, but I think what would be more of a deterrent would be. Uh, Latanzio and the and the coach being here, I think, would be more of a big thing because if they yeah. don't believe in the coach, there's not a long term deal signed. They run the risk of potentially not being here next year. Like that, I think, would be a more of a deterrent than the players. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you do. I think, I think it's going to have to be up to Zoran and how he can sell them. Because I mean, sure. if you are looking at it, I mean, we sacked our coach mid season, and then. Or not, not exactly midseason, but you know, um, got rid of a coach, and we've got rid of a handful of players. So, I mean, you do have to take that into consideration. But I think it's really going to be more of like how Zoran sells it, and um, but overall, I don't think it's going to be that big of a big of a deal. Yeah, good thing Zoran was a former agent and knows how to sell some things. Because yep. I think that's. So that's a that's a strength of his, I'm sure. So, um, so good question. I appreciate it. So this next one comes from Elliot Fox. Um, so, do you see any of the three new signings making the starting eleven from day one when they're eligible, at least, to be on the team? Yeah. So uh, I really hope Santos can come in guns a blazing because uh, we need something there. The more interesting one is going to be our right back situation. We have three. Uh, and I said earlier that I would love for our coach to really figure out who the starting right back will be because I'm, I'm getting a little tired of the flipping back and forth. Um, and I thought Jalen played pretty well last game. Um, yep. don't understand why he's not starting. But, um, but it's going to be very interesting now that we have that third option. Um, I believe he's 30 years old. Uh, talking about Nathan uh, Byrne. So... Uh, from Derby County, uh, has a lot of experience, veteran. Um, he was really loved by the players there at Derby as well. Yeah, they were super salty about him leaving. So, uh, <laughs> which is which is a which is a good thing for us. Um, yep. So again, you know, we we did talk about like like our left back situation not being ideal, and I I'm wondering wondering if maybe there will be maybe one of them moving over to that side if need be too. Yeah. So um, I think Santos will start uh, as soon as he's ready. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see burn start. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think those two start. Uh, I don't think Adlison will start. I think Fuchs, Jan, et cetera. Yeah. We'll start over, over him currently, especially being such a younger guy. Yeah. Um, coming in new system, new players, new coach, you know, et cetera. 
but yeah, I think I think those two players I I do think start, and I think if you have Nathan there on the right back starting, I I do think you either have Jalen or Harrison go to be more depth on the left hand side potentially with Mora, um, and maybe give him a break here and there and see. Yeah. So. Oh, good, good question, Elliot. So this next one comes from our Italian correspondent, uh, Mr. Ryan Bailey. So <laughs> living overseas currently, um, but he's one of our own Met City Collective members here. So Ryan Bailey wants to know, you jump in a time machine, and he was very specific on this, by the way. He was saying um, it has to be the Doc Brown DeLorean time machine. It can't be the Doctor Who time machine. Mm-hmm. It can't be hot tub time machine. It's got to be Doc Brown's DeLorean. So you hop in that DeLorean with Michael J. Fox and you go 10 years in the future. Ooh. What has the club achieved at that point? <laughs> Let's see. Um, man, this is a really, really good question. Um, wow. Okay. So I think the team in 10 years have moved into their new stadium Mm. Um, Mm. and we have won two mls cups Hmm. um yeah i think i think those two things are the are the biggest ones that stand out I i would love to win some more cups but i'll just I'll try to be somewhat realistic, but I, I think in 10 years we will be in a new stadium and we will have won at least two MLS Cups. So I'm going to I'm gonna be very specific here, much like how I was very specific at the beginning of the season. I don't know if you remember where I said the first goal score would be Christian Fuchs off a corner and he volleys it right. <laughs> across his body. So um, I'm going to be very specific here so that way um, you guys can hold it against me. But... Um, I think in the next 10 years, Charlotte obviously will have some of their first MLS all-star players make that squad. I think that's a pretty much a given. We've got to at least have a few players in the first 10 years, because if not, we're obviously doing something wrong at that point. Um, so I think that's something that we'll have achieved. I do think we'll be in a new stadium at that point, either a renovated Bank of America stadium or um, a new stadium that's the Super Mega Ultra Tepper you know, extraordinary stadium, whatever that would be. So, um, I do think that happens. Um, I think we have the ability to be in the MLS cup. I don't think we went two. I think we, I think we'll win one in 10 years. Um, and I'm going to say we also accomplish just for Ryan Bailey here. Um, we have Oasis, have a reunion and they kick us off as the first game that's, um, that's in, in the next, never, next few years. That's never going to happen. Dude. <laughs> so I think that's that'll the be most that's... thing that you could have possibly said. You know, I don't think Noel's going to be able to do that. No, it's fine. Yeah. So, um, but no, I, I think that, and I, and I also think that we'll, we'll actually make a semifinal at least in the U S open cup, potentially in that first 10 years as well. Um, mm. But yeah. So okay. thanks, thanks Ryan. Thanks for the question from all the way from Italy, sent by Courier Pigeon over to us here in the states. So um, this next question is from Matt. So Matt wants to know where on earth has Yozwiak been, and what's up with him? Exactly. Next question. <laughs> I I don't know. I think you're. I think I. I mean, obviously he had that injury. He had that knock. 
Um, he's had an ankle issue in the past, especially at Derby, which is what prevented him from coming and joining us sooner in the year. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I have no idea. Yeah. No, like none, it's, it's, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, injuries has not performed well. Uh, right now, we have better better options. I mean, he's got to he's got to prove it in training, and then when he gets a shot again, he's gotta he's gotta do something. So, and it doesn't necessarily have to be scoring. Doesn't have to be getting an assist. It just has to be making plays happen. That's it. That's all. That's all I'm really looking for. Uh, but just haven't just haven't seen it yet. I've been very, very disappointed with with him because, like I said, I had high expectations and hopes. Do you think the team was trying to move on from him? Just because, like you know, Sergio not making the roster and not playing uh, the past few weeks while he was being transferred out. Obviously, we saw the same same thing with TT Ortiz. And then TT was no longer with the team. Same thing for Franco. Do you think that the team was holding him back because they were trying to move him or no? No, I, I don't think so. I think it was more of just, I mean, who are you going to bench to start him? Yeah. Yeah. So. I just want to get the rumor mill going, Matt. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say stuff just to, just to say it. Yeah. No. So, so good question there, Matt. So, um, if you find them, let us let us know where you find them. So. Um, this next question is from Juan. So, um, based on what's happened with Miguel and the players that have left, is it fair to say that this two-year plan was wasted or not used to the best advantage of the club? So, I'm, I'm assuming what they're talking about is obviously the team was announced early or late 2019 with the expectation of kicking off there pretty shortly, um, 2021. But then COVID and the delay of the team um, gave them an extra year. Uh, almost, and there were some pros and cons to that, I'm sure. Um, but Matt, do you think the team wasted or squandered that opportunity with that extra time? Oh man, this is a really, really good question. Um, I think that wasted is a strong word, but um, clearly they they didn't get it right. I think they chose poorly when it came to Miguel. Uh, he was their, I think, their fifth choice is what they were, what I've been told. Um, and basically, he just kind of like talked them into it. Um, so I think that was a huge mistake because that mistake led to other mistakes. Um, but lessons learned. And again, we talked about how, you know, ripping the Band-Aid off, we're going we're gonna to fix this now. We're not going to wait. So kudos to them. So... There's always lessons to be learned, um, and I feel like we've learned those pretty early. Uh, I, I do think because of COVID kept us from signing certain players, and I and I know this for a fact, uh, signing managers too, because uh, we had some managers on board. Then when we were delayed, they they went somewhere else. So. Uh, I know people like to think like, oh, you had two years, you should have, you should have and could have done all these things. And right, uh, there's things that they probably could have done, but also too, they, they were also hindered because of that too. So uh, I wouldn't call it a waste, um, but I don't think they used everything to their advantage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say squandered or waste, but I definitely think there were some missed opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I, I do think it affected them in a negative way with the delay. Um, just because, like you said, players, coaches, I mean, Sergio took a huge risk signing with us so early on in the middle of COVID, right? Yep. And um, not many players would do that, signing with an expansion team with no coach and no, no nothing pretty much, right? Yep. And um, so credit to Sergio for doing that and taking the risk, and we love him for it. But uh, I think that definitely hurt them more than it helped them. Um, I will say from a business operations perspective, I do think that they, they had some wasted opportunity there with that delay. Yep. They could have done a, a lot more. Um, but we also know, like, you know, temporary sports entertainment had a lot of change in that time frame. They continue to have change. Yeah. Um, you know, you went from, um, you know, Meredith to Nick to Nick to Joe, all within that year and a half, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we, we just had Joe on the show earlier. Fantastic guy. I, I really love his passion and the, the vision he has for the club. Nick was fantastic. We loved having him on the show, and he's been <laughs> – he was a great advocate for Charlotte FC. Yep. Um, so it seems like they've got some folks there in the right direction now. But I think early on, it definitely was squandered a little bit. Yeah. And even when Joe was on the show, he even said that um, last year they probably could have done a little more. For sure. Uh, yep. So, yeah, uh, it's all a learning process. So, uh, like yeah. I said, I wouldn't call it wasted. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So a uh, few more questions here, Matt. I know we, I've been. it's been hard hitting questions here. It's been rapid fire back mm-hmm. and forth. So. Uh, this next one's from Tyler. So how soon do you think we will see some sort of new signings on the field? So I think you answered that one earlier a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, um, I mean, do you think the team goes all out in the winter with that next transfer window? Yes. So, uh, you know, we always kind of compare ourselves to Austin. Um, Austin made just a handful of changes in the in the summer, just like we did, and then they – Made a lot of changes in the offseason. Uh, and I think that's what we'll see, too. Um, I'm still not sure Fuchs is going to stay. Uh, I don't know that Awful will stay. Uh, Andre Shinashisky, his contract is, you know, up for debate. And what he's going to do, I don't know if Alcivar stay. I mean, there's, there's going to be lots of moving parts. Um, we're going to have a lot of money to play with. Um so I'm going to be judging this team in the off season, um, whether we make the playoffs or not. Uh, where I'm really going to scrutinize the front office is the off season and what we do then. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. I think we have a lot of flexibility in the winter, um, but I also thought we would go pretty heavy in this last transfer window as well in summertime. And it, we we made we made some moves at least, and we it seems like we were linked to some players there pretty big. So. Um, obviously they don't always work out, but, um, I, I do expect to see some roster turnover and some aggressiveness in the winter. Cause I think we have the flexibility to do so. So, um, thanks Tyler. So this next question, uh, it's about Latanzio again, and we may have touched on it a second ago, but, um, this one's from Hudson. So do you think Latanzio will stay on as coach for a year or two, or do you think he'll be replaced? Yeah. I, I again, after, after these next five games, we'll, we'll have an idea. Um, the, if I had to guess, though, let, let's just say we make the playoffs, but, you know, maybe we're like sixth or seventh or, you know, whatever the case is. Uh, we barely get in. I I do think unless we – unless one of our main targets is available, if, if they're not available, I think we stay with Latanzio. Uh, yep. I, I think – 
I think they do have the opportunity if they're going to make a change to really get the coach right this time and not settle. Because uh, just from everybody that I've talked to, basically Miguel was like the fifth choice. And I just think the team settled. Um, we talked about COVID. Uh, and I think one of the reasons why we had to go with Miguel was because of the whole COVID thing. We lost, uh, I, I believe, a couple of different coaches during that time uh, yep. because we weren't playing. So I, I think it's going to be a good opportunity for, for the front office to really think this through and get it right. Um, or they may stick with, with, with what they have. Um, so if we make the playoffs or just miss it and we have a pretty good uh, end of the year here, I think he stays. Um, but like I said, if, if there's like a main target out there and they're available, I think they'll, I think they'll go get him. But other than that, I think he stays. So last question here, Matt, and this one's from Andy. So Andy wants to know, why did we stop Andre from starting? <laughs> he was on fire. So why why has Andre not started? Why is um, Gaines potentially starting over Andre, or why is Reyna starting over Andre? And, and what, what do you think's behind the scenes there? Yeah, I mean, good question. Um, I don't know. Like, it, you know, who do you drop? Do you play Andre on the right? Do you play Andre on the left? Uh, where does Reyna go? Um, but yeah, it's a good question. Like, I, I don't see how you can keep Andre on the bench. Uh, and if he's going to start on the bench, you got to bring him in with enough time to actually get some stuff done. So, um, yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a good question. I, I, I really don't know. Um, I will say... We're not in training. We don't see how these players are training. Um, and that could that could be a part of it. I, I honestly don't know. Or it could just be a bad coaching decision. Um, yeah. So, but they, I, yeah. But like if you bring a player on the field like that, you have to drop somebody. So who do you drop? Yeah, and, and I wonder if it has anything to do with if you put Andre and Reyna on and they get gassed in that first half uh -huh. and then you have to bring Gaines on and if you're not winning or in the lead, is the drop-off that significant where you can't trust that you can get a goal? Well, or, yeah. My or can you run the risk in the first half and then potentially get a second goal or a goal in the second half because you have a player like Andre coming off the bench? Well, I, I think maybe that's the logic. My thing is, is like I would want to bring someone on like McKenzie Gaines. Uh, when everybody's tired. Um, yep. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, and I think Andre's getting a little little angry and a little feisty on social media about <laughs> about his lack of playing, uh, which I actually kind of I kind of like players getting a little uh, upset when they're when they're not playing. Um, so we'll see. Like I said, uh, we're gonna learn a lot uh, these last ten games uh, and especially this, these last five games of like what this team's about, who's going to be here, who's not going to be here, uh, and we'll see how this all shakes out. So I do have one last question for you, Matt. Oh, boy. Where are you the way that you are? Um, probably. Because I, I noticed that you didn't drop that in the list of questions to ask, and there was a, there was a super fan that was wondering about that question. 
uh, why I am the way I am. Probably because of you. You probably <laughs> made me this way. It's all good. So I know doing a podcast with me makes me want to pull the hair out from time to time. So um, I don't blame you. So that was, that was my question, by the way. So just so everyone knows. But um, but thanks, everyone, for the questions. We really do enjoy that part of the show. Um, it, it is great to kind of see um, the interaction and y'all keep us on our toes. So keep them up. Keep sending them to us on social and for future shows as well. So, um, well, Matt, I think that does it for the show. But um, I have to know. With the game being so late on Saturday this coming up week at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, mm-hmm. what is on the agenda for the Swift household to watch the game? I'll be watching it for sure. Um, Jillian, she will definitely be in bed, and I hope Anson uh, is asleep and will stay asleep. Nice. So. What about Todd, though? I think Todd's the main the main reason we're asking, so... Todd the dog will probably be <laughs> laying in bed with Jillian because he never yeah. leaves her side. So, yeah, yeah, I, I I think I'll be in the same boat. I think I'll be at home watching the game, and I think Spencer the dog will be in bed with Laura because that is that his that is his spot, and oh. she will not be up that late to watch soccer at all. So, yeah. but um awesome man well this is a fun show um we learned a lot and had a lot of great questions so yeah we're getting um, we're getting so many questions that we it may have to just start being its own show <laughs> just have a q a episode yeah. i think it'd be, it'd be a lot of fun yeah. um we, we got to think of it we got to think of the name for a nickname for the listeners when they put these questions inside i think too yeah we need so. we need a hashtag uh scott keeps getting on to me about having a hashtag for these <laughs> questions yeah Make that the segment name. We'll, we'll work on it. Scott, keep keep pestering Swift about it in Slack. Maybe make a new channel in Slack and name it the the hashtag you want it to be. Oh my god! And make sure you and make sure you add Swift to the channel. So please don't. <laughs> awesome, y'all. Well, um, thanks everyone for listening. And on that note, I think we're gonna call it a night. So Matt, feel better, buddy. Cool. Hopefully everyone in the house feels better by the game time and I get some rest. All right. See you guys. See you guys.